Welcome, friends and fans, to another edition of GalaxyCon Live, where we are bringing the convention experience directly to you. And today, we are going back to the digital world with the cast of Digimon Adventure. And now, let us activate our digital devices and see who we find. Our first returning guest today is an actress whose body of work includes Naruto, Danny Phantom, and of course, Sonic the Hedgehog. Today, she joins us as the voice of Sora. Please welcome back, Colleen O'Shaughnessy. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. Good to see oh. you guys. Oh, welcome back. So good to have you again. How have you been? Fantastic. So good. Thank you. I'm uh, overflowing in goodness. <laughs> I know. I know. I just, uh, so many things we could talk about Sonic, but too I soon, I think. It's not so, a Sonic day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. We're talking about DJM, but we're so, we're, we're, we're so looking forward to the day that we can. And Thank of course, you. as I said last time, I am, and remember, I will always be a fan of the Wasp and, uh, oh. and Avengers and, we just had Fred on two weeks ago, and I was like, let's get an Avengers thing going. Oh, yes, please. Going I would love that. Yes, awesome. let's get let's get that band back together. But everything Ooh. is good in your world, Colleen? Everything is fantastic in my world. How about your world? I am well. I am in Fort Lauderdale at our offices down here. The weather is nice. Things okay. are good. And let's bring out our next guest, and let's start talking about Digimon. And he is an actor and mentalist whose roles include Duel Masters, Wolves Rain, Kira. Today joins us as the voice of Ty. Please welcome Joshua Seth. Thank you. Thank you for the applause. Oh, this is so kind. The lovely Colleen O'Shaughnessy and Mr. Patty himself. <laughs> Joshua, how you doing, boss? Copacetic. Yourself? I am well. I am well in my corner of the world. The things are good in yours? Yeah, I'm not that far from you. You said you're in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and I'm in St. Petersburg, Florida. Oh, nice. Well, yeah, I'm down yeah. here at our offices. I hang my hat in Orlando, and uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, we're we're, 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 we're we're stones stones throw away from each other. And real quick, Joshua, I mean, uh, first of all, again, on, on your extended body of work, I think we all we all owe a debt to the impact that Akira made and has continued to make in bringing animation awareness to the West. And and on a personal note, I am and remain a huge fan of Giant Robo. Yeah, I saw that. That's on the autographs there. That was a that was a deep cut and one of the earlier pieces that of of work in anime that I did long time ago. Yeah, yeah. It, it well, we'll, we'll say too long. We don't want to date ourselves. But welcome both of you. <laughs> welcome to the Galaxy Sky Virtual Stage. Our team is in a chat room right now, pulling out the questions for us. Uh, I just want to throw this on out for each of you. What's the best memory that both of you have taken from being a part of Digimon? Oh wow. Um... The fans, honestly, everyone, you know, especially. Good answer. Well, but true, but it's so true because we go to these conventions now, and people come up and they're like, "You were my childhood," and that's just, you know, wow. That first of all, it's a little pressure, but but you know, just that feels so good to know that what we did meant something to so many people. It's, you know. What she said, <laughs> which is which is true, especially after the pandemic and ever being everybody being sort of isolated. I'm just I just did my first convention back in two years, a couple of weeks ago, and it was really kind of overwhelming. But you know, in a good way. The same thing. They say you were the voice of my childhood, and then I look, and they look to be about thirty, and I'm like, I feel very old, yeah. very old suddenly because yeah. you're not a child anymore. Uh, but. We're all children at heart, after all. But in terms of the production of Digimon, I know exactly what that memory would be. It would be when we went to the premiere of Digimon the movie. Because as a voice actor, you're disconnected from the finished product. And we were 
sort of making these in early episodes, not knowing how much of a cultural impact it would have really until that night when the Fox sent a limo to my door and a bunch of us all arrived at the, on the back lot. And there was a red carpet and people from entertainment tonight doing the interviews. And I still have pictures and clippings and stuff from that. And it was really mind blowing for a voice actor to, to have that experience and see it in a theater with other people. I didn't get a limo. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, Sorich was in it. I have the pictures. There was a there, there, one of our uh, directors. Well, and, yeah. <laughs> why? Why did it send you one? I barely got it anyway. Make honestly. sure you make sure you get one as tails. Then <laughs> I am going to that premiere. Yes, your time is your time is now. <laughs> and uh, just out of my sheer curiosity when you guys were doing Digimon was that at the tail end of magnetic tape or was it digital at that point I don't know I have no idea because the mics are the same it was a yeah. Neumann mic I mean we didn't have to do any cutting or anything they didn't right. have us like snipping things together. no no, no I'm saying I you did know. but maybe they had to run it back oh, we got to direct that again or whatever you know. Know. no 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 the, the, it wasn't on tape yeah, it wasn't okay. I know what he's talking about because I went to film I school too. and I when I, I went to NYU to Tish and we had to cut things on physical tape on a flatbed Steenbeck, it was called, and roll them back and then take a grease pencil and mark them and hang them and stuff. That was maybe five years beforehand that that was happening. Okay, that's yeah, you're out of that question. We're not that old. I am apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I well, you were a Tish. I was down the road at SVA about the same time. So yeah, doing that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the previous days. We are going to go into audience questions. Let's switch over to our first one, and this comes from Ashley, who would love to know what would be your first reaction if you saw your character in real life. Why well, are you wearing that helmet? <laughs> If I saw my character in real life, my first reaction would be to pinch myself, am I dreaming, right? And then I would wonder, is this a person in a costume or is it the actual character and I myself am in the digital world vis-a-vis -vis some alternate reality? Because I don't wanna immediately start talking to Ty as the Ty were a real person and as though I don't know how costumes work. <laughs> first check if you're crazy yes <laughs> always good policy yeah there you have it ashley great one to start us off with thank you for that yeah, thanks. Uh, what do we have next from rosa Bly, do you do anything special to protect your voice while voice acting or just performing in general i do yeah yeah there's there's lots of things you can do. First of all, I hydrate. I drink so much water. That's that and sleep are just huge. Those are just kind of basics. If I'm feeling very tired, I'll go to tea. But I, I do have vocal warm-ups that I do. And I mostly use them for when I'm singing. But I don't know. Lately, I've needed them more. I, I don't know if I'm just tired or using it too much or what. But I, I'll do my, my singing warm-ups before a session sometimes. Same thing, vocal warm-ups. I would add breathing warm-ups as well. A lot of voice actors that have careers for a long time have a background in singing. And I know like I, I did eight shows a week, musical theater for touring Broadway casts from the time I was eight to 18. And that's how I learned to use my voice as an instrument and not strain it and not lose it, which is more of an issue with video games than it is with a show like Digimon. But still, 
also what Colleen was saying in terms of hydration and even diet, like I stopped eating dairy a long time ago because it makes little clicks and, and little sounds that lop up the works on the mic. So room temperature, water, breathing exercises, vocalization. Bananas are good too. Absolutely. And Rosalind, there you go. Good luck in your voiceover endeavors. And what do we have next? From Aaron, which Digimon character would you want to go to Disney with? <laughs> hmm. Agumon. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, good, good, good places to eat. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Hi, Ty. I would say, yeah, I, I would as well. I would take uh, Agumon. Maybe the bigger one. I have a bigger one here, too. Well, let's follow up then. Is there a specific Disney park you'd go with them to? Besides Ma uh, Magic Kingdom, Epcot. You know what? Studios. I haven't seen the one where the Star Wars exhibit is in Florida. Which one is that? I would go there just because That's at the I want Disney see Studios. It. Disney Studios. Okay, I've not. I've never been there. It's it. It's yeah. It's. It's, it's and I'm a parent. Out. Does that make me a bad parent, Colleen? Yes, yes it does. No, it doesn't. No. We waited to take our kids to Disneyland, too. We didn't want it to be like this, oh, you know, we didn't want to get annual passes and be like, this is what you do every weekend or every day, and you go to Disneyland. And You'll make it more special. Yeah, we yeah. really did. And then now that I have a teenage daughter, she and I actually, we did get passes this time because this, like, when they first, when they came back around, because... I only have her for a couple more months. So mm. that's been really fun. So I would take, I'd take Agumon to Disneyland because we know, and I'd bring Maggie because she has that map of Disneyland, like in her head, she can get us through and around. And there you have it. All right, Aaron, fun question. Thank you. Izzy, Izzy would be a good person to bring for the same reason. Yes. Yes. Because he'd have everything up on his, you know, yeah, on the computers. Digivice. Oh, there you have it. Uh, what do we have next? So from Allison. Uh, do you have any favorite lines from Digimon? Of course, they fell out the back of my head as soon as you asked that. Mine too. I had one. Um, <clears throat> oh, oh. If only your brain was as big as your hair. It's something like that. That might not be yeah. exact, but it's close. <laughs> Yeah, there was some, there's some quote about like, first, like, like, uh, I have a, oh yeah, I, I have a foolproof plan. I have a foolproof plan. First, we eat something. Then after that, I'm open to suggestions. That would be <laughs> There you line. go. That'll work. There, there you have it, Allison. Thank you. Ah, what's next? From Andre and Mark, if you could create your own Digimon, what would it be called and what would it look like? Mm. I have actually thought about this at great length. <laughs> yes. Right. Really? Well, do and, tell. Oh, yeah. I have, yes. And the result of all my years of introspection on this point have, have brought me to uh, simplicity itself because, you know, art, elegance, and simplicity is when you remove, when you're done removing everything, like, like a sculptor, you know, what is left that is art. I would simply call it Mon Mon. My Digimon would be. Mon Mon, and it would just be two eyes and a mouth. The essentials. I would make my son design mine because he's an artist and I am not. Um, 
and then he and I would collaborate on what we would call it and we'd go on for hours and he'll, he would say something mon and I would say something else mon and it would be like, you know, it would go on for days. And he, but he would do the ultimate designer because he is the artist. Then mon mon would come in and eat him. Oh no, there wouldn't be friends. That's all he does. He just eats things, yeah. Oh, then he should be, he should be called nom nom then. That that was yeah. That's when he, he when he did evolve. He becomes nom nom. <laughs> After he eats my guy, great. Yeah, Thanks. or Pac Mon Mon. You see? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have a spinoff show in the works here. You realize? Taking notes, Andre and Mark. Thank you. Fun question. Ah, what's next? From Steve. Hmm. I'll broaden this out. What inspired you to get into voice acting? If there was well, I like the part. I like the cartoon question because I realized well into my career that all of my cartoon watching was just the bedrock of my career. Seriously, I watched Saturday morning cartoons. I watched the Flintstones and Scooby Doo, and I mean all of the Warner Brothers stuff, the Looney Tunes. I went around the house being the big chicken and Elmer Fudd and all of that. The Muppets. Those were all of my early influences. And I seriously went around the house being Captain Caveman and Miss Piggy. I was I was karate chopping people left and right. So all of those things influenced me. And then that it didn't occur to me for that to be my career until much later. I was doing musical theater at University of Michigan and an instructor said that to me. Excuse me. <coughs> and that's when the light bulb went off and went, that's what I want to do. I got an image in my head of you as a little girl running around going, Captain <laughs> All over the house. My mom's like, okay, enough already. <laughs> yeah. I, I I think I'm seeing a lag here, so sorry if there's time going by before I'm responding. I, I heard Captain Caveman, and then about a minute later I saw it, so I don't know what that means, but uh, I'll talk as though... If you can, Patty, if you can hear me, give me a thumbs up or something. You're good, Bob. You're good. Yeah, oh, it's all good. You're, it's you're weird. Fine, yeah. There's a lag on my end. See, I told you about musical theater. So many of us have a musical theater background. My dad was a radio psychologist. So my early influences in with the mic was going to see his show. He had a very popular afternoon show every Monday through Friday. And sometimes I'd go up after school and sit in the radio studio or get on the mic with him. He was sort of like Frasier before Frasier. And I'd goof around and make funny voices. The cartoons that I didn't, I didn't, I had kind of hippie parents, so I wasn't really allowed to watch TV. But but I remember like Bugs Bunny and Rocky and Bullwinkle and some of the Hanna-Barbera stuff. Some of the, you know, exit stage left kind of stuff. Or, or under a schmoocher. I was the schmoo some, too. I love the schmoo. Some old school weird stuff. Of course, like Bugs Bunny, but... But mostly it was just doing comedy or what what passed for comedy at that age on the mic on my on my dad's radio show. And then I got my own radio show, WNYU, New York City, and and started prank calling myself because it was late night and I didn't think anybody would be listening or nobody was calling into requests stuff. So I'd be doing voices to myself, like as though I were the caller, Jonathan Winters style. Young man, do you have any klezma music? Ma'am, this is a college radio station. Well, the young people need to be exposed to klezma, don't you? Well, uh, we'll, we'll I'll, I'll look for it, but next, the Sex Pistols, that sort of thing. 
Yeah. There you have it. It's, inspiration comes from a lot of sources. Uh, great question. Thank you for that one. What's next? And the question we get so often, we made a graphic for it. This one comes from Stacy, and this is the one that comes up a lot. What other fandom would you have loved to have seen have a crossover with Digimon? And this could be Star Wars, Marvel superheroes, Shakespeare. Marvel. I would say Marvel. Marvel. No, no, Mar Marvel works. Yeah, Josh, Josh, you got a got a fan to be like to see crossover into Digimon. You know what would be fun would be the Mandalorian, little baby Yoda, with the Digimon. Yeah, Digimon trying to find uh, trying to take the Mandalorian home. That would be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I could see it. I could see both of them. All right, it's like the same size. <laughs> <laughs> very true all right there you have it stacy fun one thanks for sending that in and what do we have next from uh Fyra, what's the hardest part about being a voice actor waiting to hear if you got cast and <laughs> we audition all the time which i consider that part of the job and and I, like i never say i have to do my auditions i get to do these auditions because without that opportunity then you wouldn't have the work and it's, it's just but that, like, especially if it's something that you audition for that you just, oh, I would love to work on this project and just, you know, but you have, you have to let it go. But that part is, you know, the waiting. It's like, hmm. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. For me, it's always been lack of creative control that, uh, that you work for hire and you have to read lines somebody else wrote in a way that somebody else wants. I mean, that's one of the reasons I, I do my own shows now because I, like, I, I wanted more creative agency over the product that I was putting out, which I guess makes me not an actor. <laughs> like, uh, it's well, too I, limiting. You're a performer and entertainer, but yeah, yeah you wanted you wanted less notes. I want <laughs> no you, notes are fine. Collaboration and direction is good. Yeah, yeah, but like you know, you wanted like I, like again in Digimon the movie. I remember there was a scene that that Jeff Nimoy, excellent director that we had. There, we were going back and forth, and I was saying, I really feel that when I, you know, say this line, like we shouldn't have any music or effects; it should just be in the clear. And I, I was underwater in in this one scene. I, I can visualize it right now, and I thought it's, it would just have so much more impact in the theater if I just say the line and it just echoes out there, and there's nothing else, and and just let it hang there in the air. No, they way overproduced the scene, went the exact opposite direction, and it's like it wasn't my place as the voice actor to even have any say in in that for me that's the the toughest part that it you can't yeah. you can't make the thing the way you want to make it because you're not the writer you're not the director you're not the producer you're just this one sometimes people don't seem to fans don't seem to really understand that it's like we we have a very specific role to play within defined constraints especially anime yeah very true Absolutely, very, very true. Fyra, great question. Thank you for that one. Ah, what's next? From Dave, what similarities do you share with your Digimon characters? Hair. <laughs> yes, you look exactly like him. And I know you wear those goggles. You know, I feel like Sora was always sort of like the mom of the group, and that's totally me. I, you know, I, I have two kids, so there you go. But with my friends, with, you know, with 
people that I know with, I mean, I, I, I tend to be the, the caretaker. The, did you eat? Did you zip up your coat? Like, you know, drink your water, <laughs> stretch. I, you know, I'm like, I'm the looking out for people person. Yeah. There you have it. All right, Dave. Ty, well, I'll give you a real answer, which is, you know, Ty's got the crest of, I have a crest of courage. I should have put it on over there. And so I always, I do always think, you know, what's the courageous thing to do? What's the right thing to do? The way that that character does, like how, what, what's the highest, best response that I can have in this situation that's to the benefit of my friends and family? And like Ty always is thinking of others that way. Yeah, I take that. So just being a good person, you know. Dave, thank you. That was a good one. What do we have next? Here's one from Frank. Hmm, what was everybody's first job as an actor? Well, my first, I mean, my actual first paying job as an actor was with the Peanut Butter Players in Detroit. It was a children's theater group, luncheon theater for kids by kids. And so we did like Snoopy and You're Good Man, Charlie Brown and Tom Sawyer. I can't remember all the shows that we did, but that was my very, I was, I think I was 12 when we started. So that was my first paid job as an actor. My first voiceover job, paid voiceover job was a reporter Barbie book. One of those books where you push the button. It was, it's fun to be a reporter. It's fun to be a reporter. It's fun. I was skipper. That was my first paid voiceover job. I, I'll, I'll answer it in two parts as well, which is my first paid acting job was in musical theater. I was Prince Cello Longcorn in Yul Brenner's touring Broadway cast of The King and I. And that went on for wow. months. And then I was the I was Artful Dodger in Rip Taylor's touring cast of Oliver and did actually four different productions of Oliver over the years and, and a lot of musical theater. And then my first paid voiceover gig was for Disney. I still remember the line, Mom, Dad, can we go to Disneyland? It's the Magic Kingdom, buckaroos. And that was it. Wow. And the rest, as they say, is history. They, wow, that's... Tour with Yellow Brenner, what was that like? Intense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, but Rip Taylor was scarier because he had false wisdom teeth, and he would, right before we would go out on stage... He'd do this with his tongue and click his front teeth out backstage and never fail to freak me out. And then boom, we're through the curtain. I, I can't believe he would do that to a kid. I can't remember. It was just, I feel like it was just the two teeth would come out like fangs. Oh my God. Yeah. And I was like 10 years old. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'll do it. All right, Frank. Yeah. Great question. Thank you for that one. Uh, what do we have next? Jonah. What would your character's theme song be? Wouldn't it be the Digimon theme song? Yeah. <laughs> you mean like this? Digimon. Is that coming through? Yeah. yeah. I'll cut it before we have to pay a licensing fee. Digimon are the champions. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the theme song for everybody. If you had to pick a theme song for your character specifically. Cut the music. I don't know. Does Ty have a theme song? I thought if that was. If you could pick one, yeah, you could pick one for him. Yeah. Another song. Okay, fine. Uh, one of my one of my son's songs. Let me look through. Yeah, it would be this. So my, it seems, Colleen, like both of our spawn have artistic tendencies. 
So Tiger, he's 10 and he makes electronic music. And I would say this song. This is my favorite song he's made. I like it. There we go. Nice. Good yeah. for him. Definitely. That works. All right. Jonah, there you have it. Thank you. Ah, what do we have next? Wait, 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 wait. Before we move. Sorry. No problem. Before what? we move. He is also a fan of Sonic, and he made a Sonic uh, one as a tribute to Sonic, which is this. No way. All right. Play yeah. He plays that video game a lot and said it reminds him of the coins. I love it. You got to throw that one in there. Okay. Nice. All right. There you have it. Jonah, thanks again. Hey, what do we have next? From Raleigh, if you wanted to be a contestant on a game show, past or present, what would you like to be on? I'll take it. I'd like to be on my game show. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> right now, here's the game show where the host reads a cheesy news question. Wait a second. Breaking news? Are you saying break? Yes, that's right. A man has sued his airline after it misplaced his luggage. Not surprisingly, he lost his case. Aha! That's it's a game show where I get to, to read uh, uh, cheesy puns. Well, who wins? What's the game? I win. Oh, you win. Got it. You I win. I win. Your puns. Yeah. I got it. Okay. Who gets the car? I get the car. <laughs> <laughs> I, get, I get all the prizes. I mean, is, the, is the Price is Right still on? I would love to be on the Price is Right. Yes. Rate. That'd be so fun. Yeah, still, uh, still uh, Drew Carey, I think, still, still hosts. So, yeah. Okay. It's, it's still there. Wait a second. Breaking news. Corduroy pillows. Corduroy pillows, I say, are making headlines. Ah. Uh. Ah! Stop! No, no, no! You're too kind. Oh, please, the fan. All right, so we have a, his own game show, and the Price is Right. Okay, I'm a fan of the match game myself. I, I was actually on the dating game once upon a time. Really? 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 What happened? It was. I, I got picked, and then nothing happened. We won. You we go won on the this, date. Well, this is the funny thing because we won this trip, and you know, I guess you know. The audience is to believe that you go on this trip together. Yeah. Uh, I won a trip and he won a trip. And I don't know if he went on his trip, but I did not go on mine. <laughs> and that was it. So they just they just give you uh, tickets and itinerary and uh, have a good time. Yeah, and I can't even remember where it was. No, because it was going to be taxed, and I was like, I was young and single and poor, and I was <laughs> like, you know. So I did not. I never. I never went on the trip. It wasn't like, wow. you know, to Hawaii or anything. It wasn't like this. You won. Yeah. Like to Toledo. Yeah. I don't know. But it to was Des Moines. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The biggest ball of yarn. To, I can't remember where the yeah, trip to was. The, to the court fields of yeah. Omaha. That's right. <laughs> exactly. I didn't. Go. A personal tour of Leavenworth. <laughs> you get to spend the night at Alcatraz. That's right. See it from the inside out. Oh, all right. There you have it. Oh, I was curious about that dating game. All right, cool. What do we have next? <laughs> from Tony, what would be the dream role for each of you? Uh, 
Mm. You know, I don't have a specific role in mind because probably it hasn't been created yet. But I always wanted to, you know, I wanted to be Ariel. I wanted to be a singing princess. So any, you know, big part where I get to sing, that's that's what I want. But I also have franchises. Like I would really like to work in the Star Wars franchise, Star Trek. I'm a total nerd. I've already gotten to do Marvel and DC, which is awesome. But anything in any of those realms, I would be a happy, happy, nerdy girl. I like those answers. Yeah, that would be pretty cool to do something in. If they did ever did like an animated Harry Potter to do an animated Harry Potter. Hmm. You know, and I could do the, I could even do an English accent the entire time. Hagrid, is that a birthday cake for me? Yes, and a dream role would be something with a silly English accent the entire time. Love, love it. Love it. <laughs> every, every once, every once My, in a blue moon, uh, they do try to start like an animated Harry Potter side project. Like the last time it was, it was up for grabs. They were thinking about, let's focus on the other parts of the Harry Potter world. Let's do a little thing on, on what the American Academy is like over there and stuff like that. It just never quite gets off the ground. But but every time it's been brought up, they want to do it animated. It, I'm surprised it hasn't happened. It will at some point, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, Mike already did my dream role in animation, though, which was uh, Akira. Because Akira was the thing that made me want to be a voice actor. you know. And then uh, when Pioneer did the dub, I, I got to play Tetsuo, so... Been there, done that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tony, great question. And uh, let's roll another one. Uh, from Jolene. If you could create a band of Digimon, what would the band's name be? The Mon Mons. I was going to say. <laughs> Mon Mon and the Money Mons. Ooh. Yeah, call back. There you have it, Jolene. <laughs> it was already set in stone before you asked. <laughs> oh, what do we have next? And here's one from... Oh, I like Digitones. That's good. Yeah. We're going to be thinking of these for the rest of the day. <laughs> oh, here's one for Frank. What is the most memorable experience in your career so far? There's been so many great things that have already happened but i think what will end up being most memorable is this movie that's coming out for me i can't i cannot express in words how exciting it is to be part of this sonic 2 movie it's just every day there's something else i'm like what is happening and it's just amazing and has been just a joy and it's i don't i, I don't have words they haven't created words that will describe what this feels like because it's amazing we are looking forward to it. That Yay. is very exciting. We look forward to seeing it too. Mm-hmm. This, I, I have a lot of sympathy for news reporters from other countries that have that lag right now because I'm seeing, I'm hearing you guys, and then I'm seeing it like a minute later, oh, and then no. I feel like I'm talking over you. But you're not talking now, so uh, I don't know what the timing situation is here. However, they said career, not voiceover career. So I'm going to take them literally. Yeah. So, so it would be when I went to Japan and South Korea and did my own TV specials with my live show, with my mentalism show. I did four TV specials, two in each country over there. I did one for TV Asahi and one for TV Japan with a translator. I don't actually speak Japanese. And then they, they showed images of the anime programs that I voiced in America, but of course they know the originals over there. And it just sort of brought everything 
in my two career paths together in front of a live audience with Japanese celebrities on stage for whom I was reading their minds. And it just came up in my Facebook memories today that the first one of those was 10 years ago today that I was filming that in the one in South Korea anyway. That's wow. awesome. That is fantastic. How does how does one get into doing a, a mentalism act? I mean, where how what was what was the inspiration for to go down that path? There's a place in Los Angeles called the Magic Castle, and I lived five minutes from it in Burbank. And like most voice actors, I lived walking distance from Warner Brothers Animation, and so it was an easy drive after I would voice things in studio during the day to just go over the hill and do magic at night. And the type of magic yeah. that I specialized in is sleight of mind rather than sleight of hand. Yeah. And it's just years of doing it night after. Sometimes I was there six, seven nights a week, like all the time watching some of the best mystery performers in the world that would come through and perform on their stages. And then I won an award there and I started to get interest for touring and agents you know, booking me around the country, eventually around the world. Uh, it's it's just like with any anything in the performing arts, whether it's voiceovers or on camera acting or doing mentalism or magic, like you just have to be committed to improving your craft a little bit every day, making connections and and networking so that you can expand the the reach of what you do to a larger, broader audience and being in it for the long haul. Like I didn't have any designs on a specific objective, like I want to be on TV or I want to yeah. play you know, Vegas or whatever. I was just, I just want to get better. It was the yeah. same with voiceovers. I just want to get better. And then, you know, for me, it took years in both cases till I felt like, you know, I was like good enough to be proud of my work. And at that point, people start to take notice and, and then you get booked and you get more opportunities and work begets work is a saying in our industry. Yeah. So the more you work, the more people know you and know your work and the more opportunities you get. And then here we are 20 years later, still, still doing it. Ah, there you go. Frank, great question. Also, Frank. it helps to be able to read minds. <laughs> what do we have next? From Brian, what's the best piece of advice you have received from a fellow actor or someone you look up to? That's a good one. No, because I've gotten a lot of advice from a lot of different people. And, you know, because I asked a million questions because I had no idea, you know, what I was doing when I got here. But I think, you know, like my my dad was really, he's always been like, the rational, practical person in our family. And he was always like, I don't, I don't know if I, you know, I'm probably not going to say this exactly the way he would, but it was always like, if anything bad ever happened or you, you know, hit a roadblock or whatever, okay, this happened. What do you do to move forward? Where do you go to get around this roadblock? What is the next step? You know, okay, this happened and it's hard and it's whatever. But so I think I hold that one a lot because you, you know, rather than sit and wallow and be sad, like, yeah, you can do that. You can, and you can have your moment of being sad or mad or whatever those emotions are, but you can't let it cripple you. You can't make it stop you from moving forward. So I think that's one of the things that I always hang on to. My dad always said that, well, that happened. Now what do you do? That is good advice. Yeah. I, I can't remember where I heard this advice or if it's just advice that's a truism, but to be nice to everybody and easy to work with because it's, it's, a, it's a people business and it's a small community at a certain level and not to judge anybody for the role that they're playing today because everybody's got their own set of talents and values and 
today's doorman at the comedy club could be running the TV network where you want to do a show a few years from now. So what comes around goes around. And I, I don't know that I've always lived up to that, but I've tried, you know, to be, to be a team player and a good person and, and nice to everybody because there's a lot of talented people out there, but you don't want to work with all of them. And some of them you really do want to see and work with over and over again. Yeah. You want to be one of those people. True words. Thank you, Brian, for that one. And we have one from producer Paul with Joshua being a professional mentalist. Could it be that the best advice he has ever received came from himself? Whoa, mind blown. I think <sighs> no. The more you know, the more you realize how much you have yet to know. Do, 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 and that's one to grow on. I think we got time for, oh, there's one, from, ah, there's one from Sherry. What is the one piece of advice you could give to an aspiring voice actor? Just one. I, I tell people to take acting classes. It's voice actor. Take acting classes, improv classes, do theater. Take voiceover classes. You know, learn your craft and learn how to play your instrument. It's great if you have a place to start, but you have to know how to play it. It's like you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, I say the same exact thing. Everybody wants to know how do I get, how do I make a demo tape? How do I get an agent? How do I book an audition? How, no, almost nobody asks how do I become a better actor, like a voice actor, the acting part, the craft part. Like I keep saying, most of us came from the theater, usually musical theater or singing. So that, I've I taught dozens of these Zoom act, voice acting workshops, and I I over the pandemic and I might, I think I'm done with that now, but like I put up a, a free voice acting class specifically for that, for people, because you, until they understand that your voice is an instrument and it's something that you need to train and learn how to play, it, it doesn't matter, you know, how, how much time, money, or energy you put into trying to book a gig or make a demo, you're not going to be doing any favors to yourself until you get that fundamental solidly you know under your belt very much so i always stress the ability to listen yes the what ability to listen to... yeah exactly <laughs> well listening and josh is going joshua this goes into your territory too uh evangelism the ability to listen and be able to ascertain what they're looking for if you're in there and hearing what the direct you know get that uh, oh, okay he's telling me this but i think he really wants me to go here that's that's my book. My book is on finding focus, finding focus in a changing world. And and like that's what it's about. It's focusing on what you're doing, whether you know, whether it's acting or, you know, working at a high level of performance in any regard. You have to be able to be totally present and focused on what you're doing in order to deliver your best work. Yeah. Listening, being part of that. Absolutely. Sherry, that was a great question, and best of luck in your future endeavors. Hopefully, we'll have you on our panel sometime soon. And we are ready to go. Almost, almost done, but we're going to see if we can go out on a really fun one. And this comes from Lola. What would your crest virtue be? Is there a sarcasm crest? <laughs> <laughs> uh, on this show, we'll say there is one. I'll still stick with courage, but... You know, in my life personally, something to do with like being a good parent. Like that's my most important virtue, if it's a virtue, is to to raise my children well. 
my Got parenting it. crest would be the crest of worry. Oh, well, it's a great mom thing to say. <sighs> yeah, very much so. Hey, Lola, great question. And GalaxCon viewers, this has been my time with the cast of Digimon Adventure. Pentless, it's been an absolute delight. Any final words before we take our leave? Thank you guys so much. Thanks for joining us. This was a blast. Good to see you, Josh. Yeah, good to see you too. And uh, shout out to Lex. Hope you're yes. well wherever you are. All and... of our thoughts for him. His yeah and oh I, I mentioned about the the free voiceover class for that's a real thing like just it's it's not public on my site but if you go to joshuaseth.com slash vo you can get that training for free and go right. to sonic 2 on <laughs> april 8th there you go joshua show us the book cover one more time shebang there you uh, go that's, that's Find good. The focus in a changing world how to think differently and make the impossible possible it was uh all the best life advice that i could put between very nice and colleen oh but you have a movie <laughs> i have a movie <laughs> oh we're so looking forward to that joshua colleen once again thank you for joining us on the GalaxyCon virtual stage it's been my absolute pleasure to serve you all and what thank you to our audience for joining us and thank you all for your great questions hope to see everybody again soon until then bye bye take care and remember smiles are free spend them often thanks patty